How are we all? Adrian said to me, well, he texted me, said, hi, Jordan, would you like to come in? He was probably walking up and down the, the aisle like he does on a Sunday. Hi, Jordan, would you like to come speak one day? It's not wrong to like stuff. So he said, do you want to come and speak? And I thought, oh, no, what would I say? So I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, now I've really got to think of something to say. Because to be honest, I don't think I've really got... A lot to, well, I've got a lot to say, but not much of value to say. So um, I thought, what, what do I say? And um, I've, been, I have, I've had the song lyric, and we sing it quite a lot. Um, Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. I've had that on my mind for, for quite a while. And I thought, maybe God wants to speak to me about that. Because a lot of times when people speak that, like myself, that don't speak all that often, you kind of think... What, what do I speak on? And then you start to say, what is God speaking to me about? Um, and I know people like Mike and Becky who speak like kind of semi-regularly say the same thing. So you'll hear people say, and I feel like God is challenging me with this as well, because that's what we're kind of going through now. And I've, I've had this on my, my heart for a while. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. And I think that's because, you know, expecting a child and all that is probably the biggest blessing I've ever had. So I'm thinking, I've got a praise better than I ever have before. Um, but I want, it to be, I want it to be more than that. I want to be more than someone who praises in the blessing. I want to be someone who praises all the time. I want to be a person of praise. So I want to title this message this evening, Being a Person of Praise. If you've got a Bible, turn to Acts 16, 16, 22. And we'll come back to this in a little bit. Because uh, it's, it's a big chunk. And to be honest, I'm not the best reader, so we're going to split it up. So Acts 16, 16 22 says, uh, Once when we were going to a place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became, and I love this, finally Paul became so annoyed that he turned around to her and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And at the moment, that's the spirit left her. I love that. He just got so annoyed that, bang, right, let's heal this woman because she's doing my head in. So when her owners realized that, the, uh, that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them to the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and they are throwing our city into uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped, beaten with rods, and then we'll come back to it later on. So here we see two people that are doing what Jesus has told them to do, fulfilling their mission, going out, telling people the way to be saved quite rude of them really <laughs> you know this is the way to have a better life um and people aren't happy about it so every blessing you pour out i'll turn back to praise and um i as you all know i, I lead worship i'm in the worship team and as i said before i don't just want to i don't just want to be someone who is a member of the worship team i want to be a worshiper all the time regardless of what it is that i'm going through whether it's the blessing or whether i'm being thrown into prison for being a Christian, I want to be someone who praises. And I, um, I was thinking about this, and then this week has just been horrendous, like in terms of, I've not, you know, 
I'm not ill or anything, don't get me wrong. I've just had a very, very busy week, and people are coming up to me going, are you ill? <laughs> you know, gosh, <laughs> it must be bad. Um, so it's almost like I've been saying, right, I'm going to preach on praising at all times, and like the really challenging week comes, and God's kind of saying, go on then, you know, put it into practice. So I've, I've tried to put it into practice, but then Janet gets up this morning and just brings the fire of, look, life is horrible, but still we're going to praise. And I feel like, you know, God is trying to speak to us here, church. And then we, we sing songs like tonight, like, what a faithful God have I. Um, and by the way, as we were singing that, my mum turned to me and said, I want this song at my funeral. <laughs> I thought, Lo- lovely. <laughs> she, she's in good health. Nothing to do with the bad week I've had. Um, but when we become people of praise, this place will become a place of praise. And I think we had a glimpse of that this morning. And people over the years have come and they visited this church and said, you know, this is a worshipping church. And I encourage us to never let that go, to never hold on to that, never become complacent in that, but to be people who praise at all times. So uh, last time I came and spoke, uh, I had four points and everyone kind of went, ooh, like a 90s game show when they reveal the car that you can win with like ABS brakes and a tape deck. Um, but today, I've got six points. Six points. So that's why the time is on. So um, I want to be someone who praises in the good, the bad, and the average. The good, the bad, and the average. And we can sometimes neglect praising God when it's good. When life is great and we're just sailing through, we can almost forget God is there because... We feel like we don't need him. Uh, you know, some of you might be thinking, that's not me. Great, good for you. But others, you might be. Because I've been there when you kind of think, you know what, this week's been really good. And then you get to Sunday and you think, gosh, this is the first time I've worshipped. Or this is the first time I've prayed. Because, you know, the week's been great. But um, James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. So if you've had the best week going, if life is great for you, if you just keep Finding ten pound notes on the floor as you as you're walking down the street um, shows you the level I'm at really. When that's that's the highest I can think of. Do you know what I said about not having much of value to say? There's the example of that. Um, you know, when we're when life is great and things are going really well for us, it's sometimes easy just to forget about God and just to kind of go about our business. But the Bible says that every good and perfect gift is from Him. So everything that comes along that is good should point us to God even more not encourage us to forget about him. Um, and that is where that every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. I'll turn it back to praise. And every day I see Leanne eating another bowl of cereal, I think, thank you God for this baby that is, that is growing inside of her and that is just smashing bowls of cereal. Because that's all she wants to eat. She said to me, Oh, I just want to eat something dry. And then she went and got cereal, but you pour milk on it. Like, it's, I, I don't know. So, um, anyway, here's an, here's another, well, I'm going to rumble here. So, the other day, Leanne said, let's take some pictures of the bump progressing. I said, that'd be nice. So, uh, take a picture of her. And she said, oh, I don't like that one. Look a bit fat. <laughs> I said, isn't that the point? I said, isn't that the point? She went, do it again. So, I took it again. You'll never guess what she said. She went, oh, no, don't say that one. Don't use that one. You can't see the bump. <laughs> so you were too fat, but now you're too thin. Yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you. We, we can't win. Um, anyway, it's nothing to do with what I'm saying. Praise Jesus. For cereal, for cheap Aldi cereal, because <laughs> we are getting through it. Um, so praising God in the good, and we're going to look at praising God in the bad. And this is where I'm going to pick up the story. Paul and Silas have been thrown into jail after casting out a spirit from a slave just because she was annoying them. And uh, Acts 16.23, we're picking up at. It says, after they were severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer commanded uh, them to be guarded carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the uh, prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, do not harm yourself, we're all here. Why were they still there? That's what I want to know. (laughs) I've been gone, lads. I'm off. Um, Don't harm yourselves, we are still here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all others in the house. At that hour, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God and his whole household. Wow, what a great great story, really. So I've, I've highlighted some things. Um that just kind of illustrates how bad this situation was for these guys. Verse 22, they were ordered to be stripped and beaten with rods. Uh, Continuing to 23, they were severely flogged. They were thrown into prison. They were guarded carefully. They were put in the inner cell. I've not looked into this, but I imagine the inner cell was just a bit more secure than a a window cell. Uh, And their feet were fastened. So things weren't going well for these guys. As far as a bad week goes... This was it. Um, And we see not only that they were having a bad time, they were having a bad time because of what Jesus had told them to go out and do. So in our bad times, we can easily blame Jesus. We can look to blame God. If anyone has a right to blame God about what's happening, it's these guys. Because they're doing what they're set out to do. They're following Jesus' example of, of, you know, casting out demons, and it's got them in a pretty poor situation. But rather than blame God, and it's easy to blame God because he's there all the time. Recently, a a woman at work had a bit of a moan at me. And she said, I'm sorry, Jordan. It's just that you're here. Sound. (laughs) I said, it's all right. I'd rather not be here. It's easy to blame people just because they're there. You can just have a go at them because they're there. And God is always there. So it's easy to blame him. It's easy to to shout at him. It's easy to to look for someone to blame. But I want to encourage you that in those bad times to praise God, not to blame him, to praise him, even thank him. I couldn't find the verse, but I'm sure somewhere in the Bible, and someone like hit the heresy buzzer on me, but I'm pretty sure it says, thank God for the challenges, because out of that, your faith will be tested and you'll be stronger. Looking at my dad. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it says it, there's something, it might be the message version, so it might be completely wrong. Um, but Paul and Silas were doing God's work and they were thrown into prison, they were beaten, they were stripped, but they chose to praise God. 
it says in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. And the other prisoners were listening to them. They were praising. They, they decided, you know what, let's praise our God. Let's praise our God. I don't know if they were praising him for the bad times or just in the bad times, but they were choosing to praise God in prison. God heard their prayers and he heard their praises and he worked out a miracle in their situation. Then the prison officer, going one further, he gets saved. How mad is that? How mad is that? So we see here that when you praise, you'll be taken from a place of uh, imprisonment and restriction to a place of empowerment and redemption. That's my Andrew Day quote there. Normally, Andrew goes like this. He he walks on the spot, doesn't he? We go from a place of imprisonment to empowerment. And then he says it again. Adrian's off at this point. Um, God will take us from a place of restriction to a place of redemption when we start to praise him. There's um, a new Bethel album out at the minute, and uh, there's a song that says, Praise is the highway to the throne of God. Now, we're not going to sing that song in church because we all know it's a motorway in England. Get it right, lads. <laughs> but praise is the highway to the throne of God. And do you know what? We, we, say, we sing like, don't we, that God inhabits our praises. And when we praise, we, we come to God. But praise is more than just entering into you know, the courts with thanksgiving. Praise will move your situation. It will, it will change your perspective of your situation. And praise will ultimately break the chains off. And you never know who around is going to be watching and who around will be saved because of your praises and the way that you respond to the bad. So we move on to the, the average. Now, nobody ever writes songs about averages. We sing songs like In the Sun and Rain, but no one talks about like the humidity, do they? Like, no one talks about the drizzle. Um, we, don't, we, you know, we sing about the mountaintop and the valley, but no one really talks about like the fourth floor of a lift, like of a car park or whatever. We go from extremes, don't we? When we're talking about things like this, we look at extremes. But what about the average day? The average day. Like, it's easy to say, God, thank you. And, you know, we bless you for, for this amazing thing that's happened, for this, this job you've given me. It's sometimes easier to praise and, and pray, saying, God, I really need this job. Like, it's easy to turn to God. In the, but what about four months when you've settled in and you're at your desk? Do you know what I mean? The average day where you just, things are going all right. Things, things tick on by. Because, it's, again, it's easy just to forget God in those times. We can turn to God when we need him. We can praise him when he's done something amazing. But what about those average days? 1 Thessalonians five sixteen to 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. In all circumstances, not just the memorable moments, not just the teaching moments, not just the challenging moments, not even the holy moments, but just all circumstances, which includes your boring nine to five, which, in, which, you know, which includes your, your Aldi shop for more cereal. It includes everything, the boring. Praise God in all things, because when you are a person of praise, this place will become a place of praise. And all your circumstances will be opportunities to praise and opportunities to see God move. So how do we become people of praise? How do we get there? We're 16 minutes in, guys. We're doing well. We're on the last page. So Isaiah 29, 13 says, These people come near me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Psalm 40, verse 8 says, I delight in your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. 
Luke 6, 45 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's a common theme there, isn't there, out of those verses of the heart. Praise is a heart issue. If we want to be people of praise, we need to have a heart of praise. We need to um, have a spirit of praise, a constant recognition that in this situation we should praise, and that comes from the inside out. Out of our mouths, our heart will speak. And if we've not got a praising heart, we might worship, but God will know. It says there, out of um, these people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's all superficial. It's not real. Praise is a heart issue, and I want to be someone that has a heart of praise, like I've repeatedly said. I want to be someone who is a, who's a worshiper inside and out. Do you know when people are like, oh, cut me and I'll bleed football or whatever? Cut me, that's a bit, a bit severe, isn't it? If I fell over and my knee were to graze, <laughs> let it bruise with praise. <laughs> Do you know when you say things and think, shouldn't have said that? That was one of them. But it's, you know, we, we can have a laugh, but I want to be someone who praises. I want to be someone who, from the inside out, has a, has a heart of praise. So how do, we, how do we get to that point? How do we change our hearts to be um, praising hearts? And a few things I've picked out, and there, I'm sure there are more to this. But the first one is remembering who God is. You know, we say, thank you, God, for what you've done. But what if God's not really doing a lot in our lives at the minute? Uh, remembering who God is. He created the world. And this list can go on and on. He created the world. He's the one who was there before the world. I still can't get my head around that. He's uncreated. The person who created everything. Everything has an end and a beginning apart from God. That's incredible. That's mad. That's worthy of praise. That's worthy of saying, you know what, you're bigger than me. You are beyond my understanding. And I got an A in geography, A level. Or did I get a B? Probably a B. Geography, GCSE, I got an A. But we digress. It's funny because I can't find my way to which uh, qualification I got in geography. Um, remembering who God is. Daniel 20, uh, 2 verse 20 says, God is wise and powerful. Praise him forever and ever. Praise him because he is wise and powerful. He's talented. We, you know, we look at celebrities because of what they can do. Look at what God can do. Look at what he can do. It's beyond anything that anybody on this earth can do. And that's, you know, we put people up on a pedestal and we put them on a, on a stage and people throw money at them to get a glimpse of them because they're talented. But look at the talents of God. He created this entire universe. Everything that we see. Do you know when you go on a plane and you get above the clouds or whatever and you're like, wow, that was God. That was God. Praise him forever and ever. But then remembering what he's done. I kind of said, you know, what if God's not really up to much at the minute? I'm sure he will be. Maybe it's just we can't see it. But remembering what he has done. Ephesians 1 verse 6 says, Let us praise God for his glorious grace, for the gift he gave us is in his dear son. In the toughest times, in the average times, there is always the grace that's been given to us through Jesus. Always. And we can remember that easily. We sang, you know, uh, live in hope this evening. Some powerful truths in that song. Some powerful. Tr- if you're ever struggling to praise or thinking, what can, I, what can I praise Jesus for? Just think of his grace. Find that song online. You know, find any, any worship song online and just remember what it is that Jesus has done for us. 
but what I would say to you is this, and, and you know, take this, please take this the right way. If we're struggling to worship and praise, we might need to just remind ourselves of who he is and what he's done. I would challenge you and say it's not because the worship isn't very good, although that sometimes can be distracting, don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> most of the time it's me doing it. <laughs> but I'd, I'd say if you're struggling to praise and thinking, oh, John, I'm just not really feeling it, and then you walk in and you see, you see a certain worship leader on or whatever, you think, oh, they're not my cup of tea. I would challenge you to examine your heart and say, remember what God has done for you. If you seeing me or Mike or Tim, whoever, leading can put you off praising, remember what God has done for you. And I'm sure your outlook will then change. Third one is this. Ask God to change your heart. Ask him to change your heart. I believe that when uh, we want something changing for good in our lives, God will do it. You know, that verse we saw, God sees our hearts. And if we're saying to God, I want a heart for you. I want a heart for praise. God, change my heart, change my outlook, fill me from the inside out to be a person of praise. I don't think he's going to say no. I don't think he's going to say no because he made us to worship. He made us to praise. You know, if we don't praise, the earth itself will cry out. We were made to worship. And I love that. I love that. And that includes singing. That includes singing. And I know that, uh, you know, we're not all singers. We're not all comfortable singing. <laughs> Andrew's nodding at his mum. I know, I know that can be awkward sometimes. But it says in Acts 16 that they were praying and they were singing hymns. They were singing. And I see praise going down this. Uh, and again, this is just my opinion. This isn't our church making a statement. But I, I kind of see praise going down that that route where we make things a bit more comfortable by rewording things, if, if that makes sense. So like we're talking about testifying at the minute and sharing our faith, speaking to people. Um, and that can sometimes be uncomfortable, especially in a world where everyone takes offense by something. Um, but then we hear things like preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. We think, cracking. I ain't even got to speak. You know, I just got to go easy on the drinks at the Christmas party or whatever. And people will come up to me and say, notice you didn't drink. Can I be saved? And even though those things are good, even though those things are great and they will support what it is you're saying, living a righteous life of integrity is great and we should all do it. The Bible is clear about preaching. But we, you know, but we talk about, I'll do it with my actions because it's more comfortable. And praise is, is the same, and I see it going the same way. Um, singing can sometimes be a bit tricky. It can sometimes be uncomfortable. But then we can say things like, you know, worship's a lifestyle. And you think, well, sound. I ain't even got to sing. I can worship just by showing up to work on time. And then when I get to work, I don't even got to use words. Great. But I encourage you, the worship and praising is about singing. It's about rejoicing. As Adrian said this morning, rejoice. Uh, if you don't want to sing, we can do other things. You can do other things. Uh, the Youth Weekend Away, some of the girls, they, they put some, I think Emily held it up one Sunday morning, actually, like uh, God's Promises. They took time aside to honor God with their words written down. That is worship and that is praise. And we should be doing that. I think we shouldn't ne- neglect those things. I think we shouldn't take, um, take a back seat on those. Because I think it's powerful. And like I said, this church has been a worshiping church for a long, long time. And people recognize it. And I'm proud to be part of that. When people come and they say, do you know what, this church is a worshiping church. And I've been in the band. I love it. I think, do you know what, great. 
I love that because I want, like I said, I want to be considered a worshipper, not just a musician. Because to be honest, I'm not good enough to be a musician. So I've got to settle to be a worshipper. But let's hold on to that. Like Janet said this morning, so well. She said it so well, didn't she? Regardless of all the nonsense that's going on, if you look outside and you've got no cattle in your cattle shed, let's worship Jesus anyway. If life has thrown its best at you and you are, you're pretty bruised, you're on your back, don't just run to God for help. Praise him. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for the challenge and say, God, help me through this. So I think that's me done. 25 minutes, 26 seconds. I was aiming for 24. So, <laughs> so that's, that's me and that's where I'm at at the minute. That not only do I want to bless God, uh, praise God, sorry, in the blessing, but if tomorrow is the worst day I have ever had, let me be praising in the evening because God is good. And that's a challenge. That is a challenge. I've been quite fortunate, really, that I've not had that much go wrong in my life. I'm sure it's all to come. But let me be a praising person, not just a person who praises on a Sunday. So, Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for that story. And I thank you for the example and the encouragement it is to us. That even though Paul and Silas were stripped, beaten, thrown into the middle of prison where they couldn't escape, treated like criminals for telling people how they can be saved. Father God, I thank you that it was praise that took them from that place of imprisonment to empowerment. And Father God, I thank you that your word is living and active today and it can do the same for us. So Father God, as, as we go from this place, as we, whatever it is that comes our way this week, let us come out of the other end praising, all throughout praising, praising you. Not just using you as a, a soundboard, not just using you as a petrol station where we go to where we feel a bit low, but praising you for who you are. And we thank you for who you are, God, and we thank you for what you've done. God, and I pray for anybody here that feels that like praising you is a struggle. I pray that you would soften their hearts to you. You would open their eyes to, to who it is that you are, to what it is that you've done. God, I pray that we'd find the, the blessing in the smallest of things, that we'll find you in the average day to day. Father God, I pray that this place will be, continue to be a place of praise. Somewhere where people walk in and they sense that this is a, a church of worshippers. Not a collection of people who are worshipping you at the same time, but a church of worshippers. And Father God, we dare to believe, like in that story, that as we praise and uh, circumstances change, that people will see that and they'll want a bit of what it is that you've got to offer. That people will come up to us and say, how can I be saved how can my house be saved? Because we've seen what the power of praise is. We've seen what your God can do. How can we be saved? And as, um, as we've spoken about in the morning, testify that we'd have testimonies. We'd have stories of grace to tell. So Father God, we thank you for who you are. We say we love you. Regardless of what's going around, we love you because you're good. God, we don't want to blame you, but we want to praise you. In your name. Amen. That's great. I mean, let's but let's let's sing. Let's let's just respond and sing at, at, at the end uh, of our, our time together this evening. And um, it says that the uh, they were singing to God, as John has reminded us tonight. It says that Paul and Silas were singing to God. It's, int- that's, it's you could pass that by that little bit. 
Interesting when the when the woman um, uh, lavished Jesus with love and attention and and um, bathed his um, feet with her tears and washed it with her hair. She, she said, uh, "He said she has done a beautiful thing to me." It's interesting that um, our worship towards God is a beautiful thing. Uh, God, it, 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 it's what releases hearts and minds and the spiritual atmosphere around us. And uh, it's not lost on me in that little bit. It says that they were singing to God. They weren't even singing for a breakthrough. They were loving God. It's, ama- it's an amazing thing. So, uh, you know, let's, let's just, as, as we cl- close this evening, let's just take hold of what Jordan has just said and maybe sing that over this place. Sing that over your life and over your family and over the, uh, maybe you're here tonight. And there are people that aren't here tonight that I can think of that in life and hope and family and, and, and believers. And, and let, let's, let's sing over them and see the doors open and the freedom come and uh, the atmosphere around them change. Shall we? So let's stand together. It's great. That's a, it's a challenging word, an encouraging word for our own hearts. And, and as we sing into God, our hearts do become changed. They become opened. Just like the prison doors were opened, our hearts become opened as well. And uh, you know, we might not feel like, as Jordan was saying, we might not feel like that, but they, I'm sure they didn't feel certain things, but they were singing to God. Honouring him, loving him. Let's do that. Let's declare that. Let's prophetically release our hope and our faith in him over this evening. Bless you.